0: So you move away from your corporate job or whatever you've been doing because you feel like there's something more, but you're not quite sure what it is. But it's a sense that uh, there's something more out there and that's where I'm moving. And that's the point of reinvention and reimagination. Like That's why I quite like playing with this reimagined stuff, because that gives you solutions you never thought of at the beginning. And that's the whole point. You leave a corporate environment. You think you're certain things. I think I'm good at this. I think I've been told that. And you kind of carry that with you. You've gone through this horrendous appraisals where a really bad line managers gone, you know, you're this, you're that, and you'll never be this. And it sticks in your head. And then you've got these other voices that actually you met along the way. And someone's like, no, you would be amazing at that. You'd be doing that. You've got to tune into them and really work on dialing down that you're not this, you're not that. And reimagination really helps you to let go of all of that stuff. So there's all these little things that keeping you sort of from this, re- letting yourself reimagine possibility.
1: Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good and be happy. We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others. And so we chose to work for ourselves. We took the more uncertain path, not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learned about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. This episode of the podcast is another recording from our live Friday Fireside webinar. On this week's show, we were joined by Eleanor Tweddle. Eleanor is the founder of Another Door, a community that supports people through redundancy, and author of the book, Why Losing Your Job Could Be the Best Thing That Ever Happened to You. During our conversation, we hear about Eleanor's journey from corporate employee to entrepreneur and the hurdles she's had to overcome along the way. She shares her thoughts on the importance of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, playing with ideas, and surrounding yourself with inspiring down-to-earth people. Enjoy. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Friday Fireside. We are back again interviewing and talking to uh, wonderful people that we've met along this journey of the Happy Startup School, Uh, friends, founders, and freelancers uh, who are looking to, I think, build businesses that align more with who they are, and that's that's what we do at the Happy Startup School, um, find and collect more of these people so that we, we don't feel stupid and alone <laughs> trying to do this stuff. Uh, so to to begin with, uh, um, I wanted to say uh, welcome to Eleanor, Eleanor Tweddle. Uh, we'll be finding out more about her, but it'd be nice to just have a, a quick check-in, um, see how you're all doing. And, and, and um, of course, as always, uh, we've got Lawrence here. How are you doing, Lawrence? <clears throat>
2: I'm good. Yeah. Um, can't think of anything interesting to say. <laughs> I had plans this weekend that are now not happening. Uh, friends coming down and they're not allowed to anymore. So and kids that have been off sick this week. So it's all going to plan so
1: far. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, having to practice safe sex is just impossible in terms of social lives. Just, if you've got two families of four, what can you do? How are you, Eleanor?
0: I'm very good, thank you um Yeah, I mean, I'm up in Cumbria, in the Lake District. So um it's kind of life as usual. We live a remote life up here, so <laughs> no change. No random people asking to buy pans, and during during this kind of thing, parents coming in and asking you to help with sheep. That's kind of like what my week is. So, Standard.
1: well, I'm curious about that one. Parents coming in to ask with sheep, ask for help with sheep. Okay. Yeah,
0: well, this is, we're on a farm so
1: um oh, yeah wonderful
0: they're not bothered you, all you're old, old. So, like, when you've yeah. finished with your stuff can you come and do some work
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh well you are straddling both worlds off blended work life <laughs> offline and online oh, and you
2: are cool. actually fireside i've heard yeah show us your fire oh, yeah.
1: i'm
0: actually fireside yeah
2: i hope it's not on is it it's not that cold is it no no, no not on good okay.
0: I am tempted to put it on sometimes, it's quite cosy, but no, no, I'm in my, um, uh, uh, we're in our grandparents' home, so this used to be the farmhouse, wow. and uh, yeah, we renovated it, so living here for a while.
1: Well, that's lovely, oh man, yeah, that's, that sounds idyllic at the moment, given <laughs> us, you know, having, having to live uh, separate from everyone, doing it somewhere beautiful and in nature, uh, ideal. Ideal, yeah, very lucky. Um, so the conversation today, we, we want to take well, how are you
2: doing, Carlos. How am I, I doing?
1: You? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I just
2: so <laughs> oh, let's talk about our feelings.
1: <laughs> we should start with a meditation, shouldn't we? Just like no. to settle in, i like the breathing app on. That's when Helena uh, goes through the door again. If that happens, <laughs> <laughs> I uh. Hi. I'm, Feeling excited uh, and uh, excited for this conversation. Excited um, that the week is ending and uh, uh, sort of like the weekend of actually the weekend of chillage uh, approaches. Oh, uh, yeah, like you, Lawrence, I'm a bit disappointed that our, our friend uh, Claude can come down and you know, the plans of hanging out. Basically, there's a group of us, uh, all very similar ages with kids similar ages, and it's really nice when we get together and it's just like you know, kids run off and we can just hang out. That not being able to happen in, in this world of, of yes, I don't know, increased virus activities is not, not great. But having to have conversations like this and using uh, whether it's the Zoom calls that we do with our momentum groups or, or these the Friday that we're able to do with lovely people who can share their stories, it's, it's always exciting and energizing. Um, and I always like to try and put on some false energy for this uh, to make it sound like, yeah, everything's great. um, i I, my kids say you know dad why do you laugh so much and then get serious when you're having a conversation i I didn't realize it sounded that inauthentic (laughs) (laughs) because anyone these days (laughs) Uh, anyway back to the program um i think what what would be nice is to get a, a bit of a potted history of 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 you Eleanor so that people have a bit more context as to uh, yeah where essentially start maybe starting with the work that you're doing at the moment and then how you got into doing that
0: yeah so right now uh, running another door which is all about supporting people who've been made redundant and we either work with individuals who join a club and um, kind of go through a five-step process with us or we work with businesses so do kind of outplacement support um or the comms side so that's my sort of that's my profession we'll kind of go into that probably a bit more detail as we chat but professionally i'm a corporate comms uh, pro and written comms plans to help people through redundancy many many times so i help organizations with that and then now help on the other side cool
1: Cool. And 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 that so that shift from actually just Help, helping with the company side to then helping with the sort of the, the personal side of things was there a, a trigger that made you think actually i, I want to do that more or was it was that yeah what was that point of transition
0: yes it's probably evolved over three years um i got made redundant three years ago and started exploring what to do and didn't it feel like there was much um for me it was all get made redundant go on a cv workshop and that was kind of it so that was what was available and it felt quite narrow whereas I, at that point in time I kind of felt very at odds with what I wanted to do I was going to interviews things and people asked me that question why do you want this job and I, the real answer was I don't want the job need pay and money what like that's what everything inside me wanted to say but obviously you don't say that But I came away, kept coming away from these interviews thinking they can't keep going to this, repeat, repeat what's going on and started exploring alternatives and writing it down as a blog and in a notebook and things like that. Um, Then I decided, okay, I'm not going to go back permanent. I'm going to set up as a contractor and just do comms, contracting, freelance work, gently sort of find my way around and then just entered this sort of more exploratory world. The first thing I thought I would do out of comfort zone, way out of comfort zone, was go to the do lectures. Um, never done anything like that before. Um, corporate for 23 years. I used to think that when they put me on a training course, it was an inconvenience. Like I would be that person going, oh come on, I've got things to do. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> now I obviously regret that because there's probably some very good stuff going on in the training. But um I just thought, what the hell, this do lectures came up on my Facebook page and I thought, I'm just gonna I don't know what it is, I'm gonna just do it. So that was the first thing, just coming out of comfort zone. And then it just grew from there and I started writing more about being made redundant and this exploration of job loss and what you do, finding more people who felt the same. And another door was just a community that I played with and kept playing with it and wasn't quite sure what to do with it tried a few sort of things as a business but didn't work out so kept contracting to bring in money and then really i guess that's where you guys came in because i've obviously followed you guys for a while and then when you did your vision 2020 i just thought right i'm gonna really think about this another door concept as a business um and at the time i was doing a couple of jobs but i thought well there's something in this lockdown came along all the contracts finished overnight practically all the con stuff and i just thought right now's the moment switch it on and i was on vision 2020 at the time and i just thought right let's just go for it put everything into it and make it work so that's kind of how it all evolved into this space now It's quite fresh still quite new
1: Mm. there was something there around um expanding the comfort zone it felt like you know and and also and the idea of play uh, you mentioned you know playing with another door and and yeah the, the, maybe that bit of comfort zone what is it for you that, that is be, what is beyond your comfort what was beyond your comfort <laughs> for that way
0: yeah i think i think it's something about what you who you think you are and you're telling yourself and either people are reinforcing that or they're kind of helping you out of it so being I mean, I'm not a corporate, I, I wouldn't really have described myself as a corporate person either, but I probably was. And I'm from, a, as you've just heard, I'm from a rural background in Cumbria, not like, not a big farm, small rural background. And somehow I got myself out of Cumbria and went to, I didn't do great in um, studying and stuff, but I, I got to university in Luton, very big establishment there.
2: <laughs> but the, 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 the Luton University.
0: I don't actually think there is a Luton University,
1: <laughs> but, yeah, you know, me silly.
0: <laughs> I think it's something else. But anyway, it was it offered Japanese and I wanted to study Japanese. I don't know why as a person, as a farming daughter, why I'd want to do that. But I did. So I went to Luton, study Japanese and business and then um, and then got into corporate. You know, Whitbread PLC was based in Luton. I managed to get in there as an intern. And basically never left them for 10 years.
2: <laughs> I
0: just, well, once I, I loved it. Once I was in there, I was like, right, this is it. So, um, and then became a corporate person. And I think that identity is, you know, you're just like, I'm a corporate person. This is what I do. And then when you get major, I got major from another job, but it was a bit different circumstances. This time around, I just felt like I'm so bored of it. I want something else, but I have no idea. Like, I didn't know this world of in entrepreneurial world existed like no idea been in my corporate world silos down um yeah this was special people out there that set up their small business but i didn't really know anybody who was doing it so that's what i would describe as like coming out of your comfort zone just yeah getting curious and thinking actually there's probably a different world out there that that i can tap into i just don't know how and thinking about it, like, well, I used to like employ loads of people to come into corporates deliver all this stuff. Like, why can't I just be on the reserve, reverse of that? I used to pay them a fortune. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what, what am I doing? So it's like questioning yourself about that, really, and saying, well, maybe I'm not that corporate person anymore. Maybe there's something else, but I have no idea what it is.
1: You Did talk you about that whole idea of siloing when you're in corporate and, you know, you've got a focused task and um, um, I think one of the things we talked about when we were thinking about having this conversation was this idea of you get defined by your job title. Yeah. And so that's all you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else beyond that is just weird or alien or like you said. Yeah. That, so. It's like
0: a comfort blanket. So you're going out or as in the de- in the days of yore when you used to go out and meet people <laughs> <laughs> and people would say like, oh, what do you do? you would go, oh, I'm the head of comms. And they wouldn't get that bit actually. You'd say, oh, I'm the head of comms at Virgin Atlantic. And they'd be like, huh? oh, I wouldn't even bother actually with the job title. I'd just say, I work for Virgin Atlantic. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, cabin crew. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cabin crew. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm not good enough for cabin crew actually. And I know I wouldn't, I would genuinely would not be good enough for cabin crew. Those people are like off the scale
1: people, people. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> so, when you're, yeah. When you're dealing with the general public, you need to have a certain level of. Uh... Uh,
0: yeah they're amazing so like yeah I wasn't even good enough for that but um yeah it's but that's how you talk about yourself and and I I wasn't made redundant from Virgin I was made redundant from the next role that I did at Vodafone but you're still defining yourself by these brands like I've always worked for big brands and I like that I like the sort of because it's easy people get it that you're like oh yeah I work for Vodafone okay and now, when you get made redundant, what do you do? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, I write stuff. I don't, I don't know. What do I do? I have an idea.
1: <laughs> How do you describe yourself, Lawrence?
2: Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> depends who I'm talking to. Yeah, uh,
0: I had him describe himself as Carlos's sidekick.
2: Yeah,
1: that's, that's, a, that's a, the sort of like the, the official title.
2: I define myself by my business partner. Yeah, not. I don't have any identity of my own um it depends like if I'm in the pub and meeting someone at football would be like oh, I run a startup school and they're like what's that it's like oh we help startups start up and they're like all right <laughs> and, that, and that's pretty much the end of the conversation
0: that sounds <laughs> a bit mechanical like they probably think oh yeah my car broke down the other day
2: I would <laughs> <to start> <laughs> yeah I, after seven years I haven't found it easy to answer that question so yeah after three you're not doing all, you're not doing bad <laughs>
1: it's a curious thing though when you're saying about when you meet people um new for the first time on a social occasion and, and how it can easily drift to you know so what do you do mm. you know what's your job yeah so how do you make money and is that like a worthwhile thing yeah. to do? well
0: in and in sort of a work environment what's going on there i think is people are actually sussing out like are you mm-hmm. useful to me like that's mm. actually the question it's like I, are you interesting? Are you useful to me? Am I going to spend any time with you right now? And what I found was if I said I work for Virgin, people would be like, oh, and they'd lean in and you'd get the time. And you know, you've got them now, like whatever you want, you've got them. And then suddenly, when you're like, oh, well, I'm just finding my way and blah, 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 this, and that, nobody's interested. They're just like, mm-hmm. you? Yeah. <laughs> like they think you're nothing. And I think, because I'm wearing my t shirt today, a little less judgment. I think there's a huge thing there we've got to work on. You have no, we have no idea who people are actually. No. And you've got to really like dig in and be curious about them and connect with them to find out that, like not that's what's useful to you, just what what connection you can get that's just of interest. And that's the bit I really love about Another Door, which connected me to it and what I wanted to keep going with it. I just love meeting these people. They've just been made redundant they come to me and they lost and they've lost their job title. And then as you chat to them over time, all this stuff comes out, like how great they are at this crazy thing. It's like well, there's one guy who's a banker and he came out, he was amazing at infographics, you know, like taking massive mm-hmm. spreadsheets and put, and he was like, Oh, I love doing that. And I'll do that for you. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the thing you could sell. Like I would pay a fortune for that. What are you doing? You know? And like, that's what I like. Like, look behind people and what's going on there. You're not – but, yeah, quite often we we judge people very fast about whether you're going to spend a bit of time with them or you disconnect, and we lose an opportunity there.
1: I think there's also a level of where we judge ourselves or we put ourselves into boxes based on these kind of predefined categories, which are jobs. And like you said, this person has this skill, this thing that they love doing, which has value. Somewhere it's just not been put into a box of saying, okay, that's the thing the, the infographic job that everyone knows yeah. that there's a job for that. Yeah. Um, and so there's this, this aspect of maybe you're in a role or you're doing something that just doesn't feel right. Mm. Uh and you don't you don't really know how to either get out of it or um you feel like you shouldn't get out of it because it's the job that pays money, and everyone thinks that's the only thing that's important with a role. Um, so, I, I, you know, there's the being kicked out and being made redundant, and then there's actually, I think, the more empowering side of that, I'm going to make a difference, and I'm going to make a change with what I want from my work. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts around that in terms of in that sense of empowerment to know, all right, I'm going to make a change myself rather than wait for someone to do it for me.
0: Well, I think right now people are completely in that fear zone of like, I, I'm privileged to have a job right now. I've got to hang on to it. And so I definitely get people chatting to me wanting to be made redundant. And they kind of talk, they know that they want something else, but they're just like, I've just got to have the income right now. I was actually talking to Vix um, yesterday on on the another door podcast, and we would talk about this very thing, like making that leap, like she made the leap without even knowing I'm talking she's on this, I'm talking in her name, but <laughs> um, no, it was really inspiring because she made the leap without really knowing all the answers. She just knew she had to make this decision and then she'd work it out. But most people I work with need a plan, like in corporate life as well. I think we are pre-programmed into like, you need certain things like the standards, you need to know certain things to be a certain thing. And then we, then if even if we're trying to sort of be in a different space, like an entrepreneurial space, we take all of that with us. Hmm. And so to make a leap without knowing where you're going, that's crazy, that's crazy talk. Like, and most people you would talk to and say, I've done this, would be like, what have you done that for? Like they would be worried about you. (laughs) And so you've got all that going on around you. So when you're trying to even reinvent, even if you think you need to reinvent yourself, there's a lot of people around you that are like, um I don't know, they're either going to be pulling you in that direction. like Yeah, go for it. Or they're going to be like, because oh, all their fees are coming out like, oh, my God, what are you doing? You're making me feel very nervous. So, yeah, I think there's all of that goes on when you're trying to make this decision. And actually, sometimes the best thing that can happen, hence the book, is some, the decision is made for you. And that's why redundancy is an opportunity, because you you don't have to worry that you made that decision It's done yeah <clears throat> so actually it's easier to get made redundant and then thrive because you have no choice you've got to like go for it whereas making that decision yourself that's a brave move because you could be like sitting on what have I done
1: <laughs> well I, I think it links to that whole thing about judgment yeah. um, when you're talking about there's people who who will feel threatened by that decision of like okay I'm gonna quit my job Uh, either they just want you to feel you know they want you their friends and family want you to be safe but also they think no no no. if she does that what does that mean for me staying in the Mm -hmm. job that i don't like and so they're trying to protect themselves and so it feels like if you with that awareness that actually it it isn't necessarily about you it's about them then that judgment of oh am i doing the right thing it's it's not so much oh my god i'm doing the wrong thing because of what i want it's more or else i'm doing the wrong thing because what else what does everyone Like, how are they going to make me feel because they think I'm stupid or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, In the book, I sort of came up with this concept. Like, I was watching it all evolve for, like, people I was mentoring. I was trying to write down, like, what I could see. And you could see, like, you've got people that are hell yeahs, like, they're around you, are like, yeah, go for it, do it, and great. And they keep your energy going. And then you've got the yeah buts, and you're
2: like, (laughs)
0: yeah, but think about this, but think about that, And um, those two people are actually fine to have around you because you need that balancing thing. Um, but then there's people that are just the what the like, what the, what what
2: <laughs> what are
0: you doing, like they're not good to have around you because that's just not going to fuel you to do anything but stand still. Um, and you're definitely not going to have energy to explore. And like you said at the beginning, play. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but I just was really happy with just trying stuff. And, again, you've lost your job, so you've not got too much to lose, really. Like, just play and try stuff. You've got to have people around you that's all right with that because you fail a lot. Oh. <laughs> I, I just signed up to the most ridiculous stuff I got that made redundant. Red, Absolutely ridiculous. And my husband tolerated all of it. and Well, he probably didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> but, you know, oh, it was ridiculous. Setting up an online store, I joined a social media program learning to be a social media manager like i have no idea like ridiculous so you got to play and be prepared Mm. to get it wrong as much as getting it right
1: Mm. well it'll be interesting to anyone you know for those of you listening you know what what play means to you because i think for some people the word play can really trigger them particularly within the context of work because what's the point (laughs) isn't it It's like and I I I I've come around to thinking about play in terms of it, it's there's no you're not getting somewhere you're just like you said exploring I think with with you talking about the the corporate life in inverted commerce is like what's the plan where you're going to get to what you're going to do well you know and what are the things that you do right now to get closer to that and then the opposite is just you're just sort of like spending time on something the, with no specific direction. And then see what emerges yeah and you might and and you might not get anywhere with it in terms of but also you might find something completely different or something really valuable
0: especially if you're looking for like problem solving i think i've I've always been in the space of problem solving so you've got a problem like you might be you might have been running a business and you're having to reimagine that business because Um, you know, it's not one, it's not needed anymore or your market has changed. You're having to rethink about your business and who you are in relation or you or who you are and what services you can offer and play helps you because it doesn't give you, kind of gives you permission to not have all the answers straight away. So like problem solving isn't about having the answer straight away, is it? It's about all the experiments, like the Dyson story of getting it wrong 2000 times or however many times, and then you get it Right. So problem solving is all around that. So play gives you permission, but yeah, you're right. In a business corporate world, that is unacceptable. <laughs> like like you get it right. Otherwise you're out or, you know, that's what gets talked about at the water cooler. Like, you know, if there ever was a water cooler, I am no idea. I've never worked in a business with a water cooler. <laughs> I'm sure if there was definitely at the cost stand, people are like, oh, they launched this terrible. Yeah. I said it wouldn't work. That's the noise, corporate noise. And we get fearful of it so yeah that in, in an entrepreneur world I think you can give yourself permission for that play um that it that it's kind of okay but you still get judged like we can pretend you don't but you do <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's hard you just got to be confident in yourself that you're okay with that I th-
1: yeah I think on that kind of making sure that you know what you're doing type thing like Karen was saying uh, something about exploring or wandering around to seem seems irresponsible because if you're not you know moving in a certain direction and making something happen or moving towards a goal then then yeah that's that's not adult behavior <laughs> uh, it's,
0: kind of, it's kind of weird though because you are moving to a goal like a bigger goal than you ever thought possible if that makes sense like so you, you so you move away from your corporate job or whatever you've been doing because you feel like there's something more but you're not quite sure what it is well that is the goal it's mm-hmm. just it's not a beautiful vision that you can put on a great poster on the wall, (laughs) but it's a sense that there's something more out there and that's where I'm moving and to do that. And actually, when you think about it, like all the businesses I've worked for and used to work with like creating vision and values and all that kind of stuff and strategy for stuff, actually in reality always was like that. So businesses that had these visions and missions and values, you are always playing with stuff and things, did go wrong like in the airline we tried all sorts we, we launched little red does anyone even remember little red like it was a small domestic airline run by virgin atlantic we launched that we launched all sorts of stuff and that's play that's seeing well where can we take this so actually there is that in corporate it's just in a different context i think
1: hmm. i think it's interesting there about um is the the perspective you have on 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 business whether it's a you know domination and uh sort of making sure that you own all of the business and so that's it's about winning and what i get the impression with with virgin is like it's just let's try loads of loads of shit Mm. i don't know how many businesses are on the virgin brand but it feels like let's just like try loads and loads of things and see what happens and and the purpose is just to play rather than purely profit let's become the biggest whatever Um, Mm. And that's mm.
0: <laughs> I think he always wants a bit of money out <laughs> well you no know, there's always not Richard actually but the you know the group you know there is there is that but you're right there they used that's Richard's ethos I guess in the beginning
1: yeah
0: is oh that sounds good yeah let's why not you know that and we used to walk into the head office in Crawley make massive picture of of rich on the wall <laughs> and it used to say some people ask me why I say why not and that's like what greeted you every day when you went to the yeah. office. Um, yeah. And I mean, the safety guys on an airline did not like that. Obviously, give <laughs> <laughs> me a twenty reasons why not. But that you know, it's the ethos of like, well, why not? Um, so yeah, there's definitely something about that in a in a corporate environment.
1: I, th- I think you know, sort of like paying due respect to like you said, the safety guys or, or people who are delivering, who need to deliver something repeatedly again and again, and it needs to be of the same quality and you need to be sure that that's going to happen. Um, just playing fast and loose, uh, particularly if it's a surgeon just about to take out your spleen, <laughs> isn't the thing that you really want to hear from them. They say, yeah, I'm, I'm playing today. Let's see if we can do it with a spoon. Um, <laughs> but, I, th- I think there's another, I think we can get too sucked into that. And I know I've been too sucked into that because when you, when I, well, the way I look at it, if you zoom things out totally, it's like, okay, let's let's forward wide to the end of days. And like, what is the goal there? All right. What am I, well, wh- what is the specific end goal where I've won? Yes. I've won at life. So this is the strategy I need to follow in order to get that. I think it's less, less clear. And that's where I think play becomes much more, important because mm. there's no one answer to that or there's no one end game that you win it all i don't know what you think about that
0: mm. yeah i think that that's true i think um scott's just put here I, I, spot on you know it's players letting go of the outcome um well you have a sense of why you're doing it maybe but you're not necessarily like exactly what the outcome is um so yeah, there's definitely that sense, but that takes a lot of work. Like I found like, the, you know, reinvention after 20 years of corporate life, I don't think I realized how corporatized I was. Like at summer camp last year, I remember speaking to Florence and Charlie when they were doing their crazy coaching. Dangerous.
1: Um, Dangerous.
0: I mean, yeah, why would you? But yeah, it, it, they were brilliant and was like, yeah, it's like an addiction. Like you can get quite a because you're very safe and structured, and you don't realise all of this stuff that you're sort of living in. You've, it's all created for you. Um,
2: Were you one of the victims in the coaching, co-coaching, uh, <laughs> I, competitive coaching, wasn't it, or something like that?
0: No, I'm not sure. I was, I'm not sure I was, but I was watching it with Fox on the side. Like, what is this? Because I was watching Chris getting coached. <laughs> But um yeah, oh no I was actually maybe I did sit in it for a while. Um but yeah it's, it's it can be an addiction, I suppose, and it's something that you can hold on to without you knowing. So you're right, you can bring it into your life without knowing. You know, and I'm still getting people now saying, "And you've got to you've got to work a bit better at the quality of the podcast you're doing, because it's not, you know, maybe this, maybe that, blah, blah, blah. And I know that, um, but I deliberately don't care <laughs> because <laughs> I did care at the beginning. I, I, I wanted to do a podcast three years ago. thought I had to have all of the bits and pieces, mm. like, be perfect, and I messed it up because it was too perfect, and I am worried about it, and I thought, oh, what and then I didn't do it. And then one day I just got up and thought, right, well, I don't care, actually. I need to get this going, and I'm going to just learn as I go, and I don't care that people are going to be, like, email me every two minutes offering their services to produce my podcast. It's fine, <laughs> I'm fine with that. But you know, you do have to take that, because you know that people are going to judge you if you do that stuff. But it's fine. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You know, I'm just playing with it at the moment, seeing where it's going. But other stuff, once you get to a certain point, I do think then you do have to take it a bit more seriously. And you do have to think harder at the stuff that means something. Cause that that you owe it to yourself, I guess. So as I'm sort of moving through what I'm doing, um, I'm definitely thinking, right, okay, I can't play with this anymore. Like next year, I really want to – I do want to get better at the podcast. I probably will invest in more and really understanding how to do it properly. Um, But this year was about the book. Like I thought, well, if I'm going to write a book, I'm going to really do it properly. Well, this was last year. I want to do it properly. So let's not mess about. Get a coach. Work with them. Take this seriously. So I think you've got to balance it out. And the stuff that you really want to do well – and you owe it to your sort of clients and customers as well if you're trying to grow a business you do have to you know really try and other stuff you can just say oh, i'm just playing the moment is fine so yeah it's a lot of talking to yourself really <laughs> or Lawrence, if he's your coach <laughs>
2: <laughs> or just wearing those t-shirts that inspired yourself
1: <laughs> yeah no just ignoring that yeah <laughs> yeah Helen what i heard me. there was you know there's there's a clarity of intention uh, and it's like when you know exactly where you want to get to and you know exactly that's what we into. whether it's write a book produce a really perfect podcast then okay then it's a case of right what is it i need to do to get there but when it's a case of like i'm not 100 sure if this is the right thing uh to then be too serious about that so is, is the podcast the thing i want to do or how do i want to do this podcast is like unless you've tried things out and played with it it's hard to know what what success looks like because you haven't you know unless someone tells you this is what a perfect podcast looks like go and do it which is that classic thing of just basically doing what other people do Mm. you have to play it with yourself before you could you have to play with yourself first to be able to know what it what it's
0: what it means (laughs) (laughs) leave your summer camp values alone
1: (laughs) i'll edit that bit out actually Um, (laughs)
0: um but yeah and I think that's the point of reinvention and reimagination like that's why I quite like playing with this reimagined stuff like a lot of people say why do you keep talking about reimagination and I think because that gives you solutions you never thought of at the beginning and that's the whole point so yeah you cut you leave a corporate environment you think you're certain things I think I'm good at this I think I've been told that and you kind of carry that with you and I left that with voices in my head like we've always got like a voice that we've met somewhere of somebody who said you're not this you're not that especially if we've been corporatized like when you you've gone through those horrendous appraisals where a really bad line manager's gone you know you're this you're that and you'll never be this and it sticks in your head and then you've got these other voices that actually you met along the way and someone's like no you would be amazing at that you'd be doing that and and like, there's loads of people watching this today that are probably those people that have actually done that for other people. They've been, those people who have gone, you could do this, you're brilliant. You're like, You've got to tune into them and really work on dialing down that you're not this, you're not that. And reimagination really helps you to let go of all of that stuff. But it's really hard because at the beginning as a corporate comms person, I'd done all right. Like I, you know, I'd done well, I'd had good jobs in that sector. I felt at some point I was letting that all go. Like, what if I jump into this space and I make an ass of myself and suddenly everyone's like, oh my God, look what she's done. Oh, and now she's back trying to get another job because it all went wrong. You know, you're doing it very publicly. So there's always that dilemma, like the big dilemma, when do you switch your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> like, I'm no longer comms consultant. I'm the founder of something. Oh my God, that's horrendous. Um, so yeah, there's loads of these moments where you're trying to let go of what you think you are but half the time you got to really challenge or well, is it just you thinking that? Or a few people who've maybe judged you in the past and nobody else actually gives a shit because they're just thinking about themselves. So there's all these little things that keeping you sort of from this re- letting yourself reimagine the possibility.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's um I think I like the, the the term reimagining because it 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 makes it feel like more of a creative process. Um and because of that, it's hard to say what steps you need to take to then create this new picture. Essentially, you're creating a whole new picture. It's a whole new, and so you're either trying to, you're trying to explore. Uh, I I link it to like doodling. You know, you got a blank piece of paper. You have no idea what you know, and you just like start sketching something out or you're drawing, and suddenly the picture emerges. But without taking that first step and playing with something and putting something out there, or doing a social media course or going and talking to Eckhart Toller <laughs> Without, you know, playing with these ideas, it's hard to then basically see what emerges or have something emerge. Mm. And so the I think one of the things that we always talk about, whether it's on, on the community or in the coaching program, is this whole th- thing, signifying our thoughts, actually taking mm. out these ideas and actually trying to make something out of them or do something with them because through that process, Some kind of clarity starts to emerge, and also meeting different people and having conversations. You know, you say I think part of the thing is getting trapped in our own heads. I don't know. You're building a community with another door. I assume that's part of the thing that you want to do is that create a sense of connection through the and the possibility through those connections.
0: Yeah, I think that's been really important, and I think that's the one thing. Like, we're going to the do lectures was probably like the first step of that you know outcome comfort zone and suddenly you're surrounded by people who think in a totally different way I completely I don't think there was anybody from corporate there's maybe like five people there that were from corporate and the rest were just like doing stuff interesting stuff they were interesting people and that's the first step so you think well I want to work I want to hang out more with those kind of people because this is really interesting and then you go well where can I find them because like do lectures don't really have they've got a sort of virtual community, but not really that like, you can connect afterwards. Um, so then that's where, yeah, you find out, well, where can I go with this? Um, I mean, the other, the other bit, I guess I should say from my point of view is like, we move a lot because of military family life. We move every two years. So I'm trying to connect locally every two years with new people, which is actually really hard. Mm-hmm. So one thing I'd say is like, the local side certainly helps if you, you you can just like the brighton it all came when i we moved to chichester and then i connected with brighton it just felt like there was more of that stuff going on and you can really connect with it but you've got to find you've got to almost search it out and find it and make just drop people notes i know that you know some people just won't ever contact you it's fine but some people will and that's how you sort of start thinking well possibly like what if we just connect and have a chat what happens with that so yeah, reimagination is as much as the people around you as you, um, but you got to work to try and find them and connect with them. Like I get lots of people now sending me messages on LinkedIn just saying, "Can I chat?" I'm thinking about this. It's quite a bit difficult sometimes to do that all the time, but you know, why not? You never know where it's going to lead. So yeah, there's definitely an element of people and community that are either push you along or hold you in place
1: i found that you know with summer camp and then just uh, the people we've met in our retreats and and, and just going to the events that attracted us like do lectures and, and similar types of events is that they all become kind of points of inspiration just new ways like you said new ways of looking at something that you wouldn't have thought about before and so if you're faced with this blank page of what is the vision for my life and all you've got to refer to is either a corporate career or or what family and friends say Having that extra input could be the thing that just shifts or becomes makes it more clear as to all right, that's the next step mm-hmm. uh, because it feels more attractive to to what I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's taking. I mean, the the bravest thing is taking the step to sign up, isn't it? Like summer camp. Mm. <laughs> I was her- Like I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? As if you didn't learn from the do electric experience now you're doing it again. Like, what are you doing? So and have that you know feeling as you go, you you're driving in and the same feeling like oh i shouldn't be here like i'm a corporate person this is like two years after i've left corporate i'm, like, I'm a corporate person i'm probably like really nerdy and geeky and like, all these cool people be there and oh my god oh my god you tell all these stories to yourself and then you sort of get there and then you just like you know just get on with it basically but i you know i did laugh with Lawrence like I would probably have been on the edge with his dad going oh my god, "What are doing?" my <laughs> <are you> <laughs> and that would have been very comfortable <laughs> like oh no but you have to push keep push like I'm here like just get on with it try stuff it's fine despite it like I've got I've got loads of posts and one of them is like do it despite it even if you're feeling horrendous and nervous and like oh my god what would... just do it anyway and see what happens it's, you know it's mm-hmm. fine um and that is reinvention. You've got to keep on like, just trying to put yourself in position just to see, maybe it's you're right. And you think, no, I never want to do that again. That was horrendous, but you never know. And it's who you meet. Like I was sitting in summer camp in the in the teepee and watching these amazing people like doing talks and things. And I just had this thought of, I've got to stop sitting in the audience in these things. Like I've done this now for three years. And it wasn't like an arrogant, it sounds probably arrogant, but wasn't that i don't really want to be on stage but it's the concept continuing mm. going to events sitting in the audience like waiting for someone else to give me an answer it's like no you've got to start shifting this come on get on with it what are you doing and get, over yourself. Moment, you know, <laughs> what?
2: get over yourself which is what you say to everyone else all the time <laughs>
0: yeah that, that's the only thing i have to offer on the momentum <laughs> come on let's all get over ourselves <laughs> Well, we can't, but it's right. We all have to get over ourselves sometimes to get, you know, to get something else. Cause we get a bit wrapped up in what we're thinking and our little inner voice going, dh, 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 dh. no, you can't do that. You're not going to know. You're not special. Who wants to know about you, like all of that. And you think, right? right, I've just got to push harder. And I don't know why particularly it's just this curiosity of like possible, like, where can I take this? Where can this go? Cause life is so much more interesting if you just, push a little bit harder so it's not particularly like a massive ambition of changing the world or anything I don't think in the icky guy thing that thought that kind of bit there the world needs it I'm not quite sure what that is in my world but it's just just making life interesting meeting fresh perspectives and learning and growing is just yeah what I'm enjoying
1: uh, from, so what sprang up for me when you're talking about summer camp is uh, i've heard a number of people when it's their first time they come in and they think oh my god everyone seems to have their shit together they're like oh, all purpose-driven and it's like the massive entrepreneurs and then give it a few hours maybe a day and they realize no one knows what they're doing here <laughs> everyone's trying to ask each other like i don't know i'm struggling this is hard and I feel this is kind of part of my intention with this call, and and I believe with your work, is just like to make people feel like actually you're not the only person having this self doubt or feeling challenged or trying to feel like they're closing their comfort zone. There are other people who are thinking exactly the same thing, and so if if they're thinking that, then that gives you permission to try something different because. Yeah. Everyone is struggling with this and you can be an inspiration for someone else. If you tried something different yourself.
0: Mm. It's not easy though, is it? That vulnerability, like I didn't even know what that word was probably until about a couple of months ago. <laughs> now, Jen, like, Jen, you probably wasn't in my conversations because again, corporate, you do not show weakness in corporate life. Well, you know, it's a few years ago now since I've been corporate life, but you don't because you show that someone will just, get right in there. You know, people love it when you're making mistakes or you're like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. They're like, brilliant. Just going to go and tell the line manager. Yeah. She's a bit weak. She doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're on that, whatever the bloody grids, that talent grids that they've got, and you're getting, you know, marked in some talent grid. Yes. That's corporate life. <laughs> and like, that was one of the things that like decided me, this is not for me anymore. When somebody was talking about a talent grid with names in it, I was like, you're not putting me in no box. Stop! <laughs> I'm gonna get out of it. <laughs> but you know that all of that stuff is, yeah, it's what you it's what you're bringing bringing to that table, and all of that stuff is quite hard to work out of yourself. So you have to put yourself in a summer camp, but you have to to find out there's an actual different way. And and you say mega successful people in what they're doing and their passions and their beliefs and following what they really want to do opening up going, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I thought you were gonna come here and tell me here's five steps to creating a movement that reduces plastic in the world. <laughs> Done. And I thought that, but yeah, it was so much more powerful than that.
1: And I think that's it. When 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 you have people like that who who are doing amazing things in the world but then open up about the things that they're struggling, then it feels more possible for you. Okay. Yeah. If they can do it, given what they're going through, then, you know, my little next step should be possible. It shouldn't be a problem. And also there's um, there's something around the for wherever, whichever stage you are of this journey, however successful you may have been or how much you, you've done, you're always able to learn from someone else, whatever yeah. their life experience. And so, you know, things that you've done, things that you know, um, we found this as well with, with the 2020 Vision Program, that people... Uh, a lot younger than us, maybe the early stage of the career, but they they have insights and things that they, the different perspectives that could just shift uh, something, you know, a blockage that we've got or something that we're not sure about. And, but it just takes being able to say, I don't know. Mm. And yeah. uh, can someone help me?
2: Yeah.
0: And you're definitely allowed to say that in corporate land.
1: Like yeah. That. Especially, that, I, mean, I think that's hard it. Hard yeah. it. It's not, yeah. not being able to, well, you're talking about that being conditioned now. Yeah. And so part of this is, like, how can we, you know, help people uncondition themselves and, and start finding safer places to, yeah. to ask, ask for help? Um, I which... think
0: that, that I don't know is massive, and especially at the moment. Like, if you see media, so we have a background for comms, you would never in a million years in an, an FAQ or media script or anything think it's acceptable for someone to go, like, I don't know. Like, no, have an answer. Do they, like we see in politicians, how refreshing if a politician just came on and looked, look, we don't actually know right now, that's the truth. Well, this is this, this is that, that. I just say, I just say what's going on. You don't have to give the standard, like the line to take. Mm. Um, so I don't know is huge, but corporates are just so far away from that and they bring it into our everyday lives. So, in an into media and stuff. And then we think that not knowing is not a good thing. So, yeah, I think that's a huge thing to say. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's why you need to go on the Vision 2020 and then
2: <laughs>
0: get hot seated and then you get told why. <laughs> but that's true. You know, that's the whole point, isn't it? You're trying to explore I don't know.
1: Ironically, though, sometimes a lot of the times you do know. And it's just like you said with the with the uh, with the hot seat. You just need people to ask you the right questions, and, and then to just shine a light on the places that you hadn't looked in terms of answers. And then it's a, uh yeah, <laughs> do that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I about that. I'm gonna yeah, I just I just need to do that. I'm just, <laughs> is the thing the best thing to do? <laughs> uh, we had a question actually, and uh, I think you touched on it before, but Leslie was asking this whole idea that you know, the Writing a book. was a stimulus to write a book. Um uh, uh, some, for, for some people it's a bucket list thing. You know, I always wanted to write a book. Um, sometimes it's like I just I got all of these ideas I you need to put into one place. And, and what what was it for you and, and what, what kick started you? And also maybe a little bit of that experience as well, because you said you, you know, you you took it seriously and you you know got a coach and everything.
0: Mm. Um yeah, so a couple of years ago um as i said i've been scribbling all these notes and i started a blog as one of the first things i did after being made redundant just to say well i've never done anything like this before why not i don't even know what a blog is to be honest and so i went through this whole thing trying to set up a blog on wordpress horrendous oh my god and there's no it help to help you you're just on your own but um and i started doing that and then it just kept growing and then at the time i was i'd met a business coach in the area in local and i just met him for a few sessions and just you know putting ideas around um and he'd written a book and he was like oh that really helped me with just thinking about my business and blah 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 and i just went away thinking about it and then went for cake coffee and cake because that's the standard thing you do when you lose your job it's like you know cv <laughs> interviews coffee cake buddy went with her and I was saying, do you know what? I think I'm going to write like a manual how to be made redundant because this is ridiculous. I spending so much time. I have no idea what I'm doing Just do. Not, I'm not going on that CV writing course. That's all I know. I'm not doing that, but I have no idea what else I'm doing. And so she was like, yeah, totally write the book. That'd be hilarious and make it really funny. And I was like, yeah, I could and like, we were just doing that. And then I thought on the way back, yeah, but why don't I? Cause there's not that book out there. There's no book that's how to be made redundant. So just started writing it and it was almost like a comfort blanket of something it was me learning teaching me as i wrote if that makes sense so it's sort of like i learned something and then i wrote it up and then we moved again <laughs> and by this point i'd sort of got the business going in the comms consultancy space but i lost all the local contacts and i had to rebuild in portsmouth and just was awful I couldn't get going and I was out of work I didn't make any money for six months and it was awful for self-esteem kept going you know we, were, we lived on an army base it was very isolated it was so hard to keep going and thinking oh my god not again and money definitely ran out like business was just going <laughs> oh my god and the only thing I could think to do to keep me going was this book and I thought well I've started this and in this time I've got there's only so much hours of the day you can pitch for the work and try and go through. It. I'm going to write this book and I'm going to really enjoy it. It's going to be my sort of luxury item, as you could say, because I, I enjoy writing. And I found this coach and she did like weekly sessions. And it was just the one thing I looked forward to all week that kept me going, kept me sane. And I just found it really easy to write and l- as I was learning because yet again, I was out of work. So it's like the second time I was literally writing it, I was feeling it. Um, and some nights I'd get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and I'd be like in tears, like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I'm running out of money, oh my God, I'm gonna be, you know, it was awful. And I would just pick up my laptop and start writing. And the book came out of that release. It was really hard, it was from that point in time. And then at one point she just said, the book coach just said, hey, stop writing. We've got to pitch this. This is, something's in this. And so she went and pitched it at Frankfurt Book Fair and um, became my agent and pitched it. And we got rejection, rejection, rejection. Pitched it, I don't know if I should say it. I pitched it to do lectures and they said, no, no, uh, we got, mm, nah, it's not a great idea. And mm-hmm. I actually, mm-hmm. sent them an email saying, it's really bad, but I sent them an email saying, oh, actually that's really cool. Cause I, I ripped down on my target that I'd have 12 rejections and then the thirteenth would be good. So actually, thanks for that, cheers i'll still buy you books it's really bad but i did i was going mad i was probably crazy but i had this thing that on the 13th i'd get a deal and i did so i got two deals and one of them was penguin so you go with penguins <laughs>
1: yeah well I, I love the story of that you know it was something for you to start off with it was totally, you were yeah. learning and you're just putting that down and it was a it was just it was, it was scratching your own itch yeah And then the next level up there was then just I needed someone to just keep me accountable. It sounded like, Mm -hmm. and just give me some because that's one of the hardest things I think for many of us is is just sticking to that habit that can be quite hard and painful in the short term. Mm -hmm. The long term, fun fun as
0: well, like accountability. I'm not too bad at accountability. I can get stuff done, but when things like you need fun with that, don't you? Mm -hmm. And like the happy startup, you need you make things fun if there's some business program they're just not fun <laughs> it's like mm. you know and you have to have fun in it and that's the bit I wanted because the rest of life was not going like it wasn't fun <laughs> and it was hard so yeah to have someone that's kind of like checking in with you and going right how's it going Are they you know and just making you feel better mm. that was the key to it I think if she'd been like uh where's this where's that no that's not what I needed that right then so accountability, yeah, but also the way it's done, it's got to be in your moment in time as well.
1: Yeah, I think when it becomes a should, or someone's telling you that you've done, yeah. it, you've done on your homework. Yeah. Then that can that, that can be a bit challenging. Yeah. Um. If any of you who are still watching, if you've got any questions for Eleanor, please post them into the Ask a Question. Um, oh my god!
0: I just shared the link of the Telegraph. Oh my god! <laughs>
1: You've been all over (laughs) the earth this week, haven't you?
0: I know. It's like, oh my god, I keep like hearing myself on radio interviews, and oh god, (laughs) right out of comfort zone.
2: (laughs) That's amazing. I I was just going to say when you were talking about the book and that kind of voice in your head going, "Why not? Why not do it?" It made me think of the Richard Branson picture (laughs) on the wall. I don't know if you've been indoctrinated by good corporate conditioning by virgin but i don't know there's a lot of people who work at virgin who end up running their own thing do you think that played a part or you've always had that kind of confidence maybe to to push that out
0: that it might play a part but i'd say virgin are also really good at finding those people if that makes sense right they they, yeah i always had virgin on my little list of businesses i'd love to work for i think you know it was one of those ones way back when where you put it on your list and you're like oh it will be amazing my life would be complete if I worked for them <laughs> and then you work for them and like three months later you're like moaning at the water cooler oh my god it's awful it's you know of course I'd never do that but um there's definitely something there that keeps you in that space because you've been recruited for who you are so you allowed to be you but yeah and yeah. you feel it when you move out like I then moved to Vodafone and that's a different culture and I suddenly felt like put in a but like someone described me at Vodafone the problem with you Eleanor is you're a squiggle in a world of squares (laughs) (laughs)
2: what (laughs) any sentence that starts with the problem with you is is never going to end well is it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did remember thinking "Ah, I mean I kind of like that but I don't know what to do with it but anyway they got rid of me sooner or later in the redundancy so (laughs)
2: Clearly, no squiggles. I think here. now you're probably unemployable, aren't you? After <laughs> years of being your own boss.
0: Well, this year though I was doing some corporate contracts with um yeah. a few businesses with I look for kind of interesting businesses now. So like the two media companies that I worked for at the beginning of the year. I loved it. And I was a bit worried, of thinking, oh God, is is it corporate? But I really enjoyed it. So I can do it on my terms, like I was contracting. But yeah, whether yeah. I could ever do permanent again, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, if there was no finish line maybe you know yeah it's just this is your life forever now
0: yeah <laughs> well i'm going to be a failure if i go back now aren't i because they'd be like well you said it was going to be the best thing that ever happened to you and clearly, <laughs> you've had to go back to that so
2: <laughs> leanne, leanne, leanne has asked what happens after the book
0: oh i just go lie on a Sleep. <laughs> ben and jerry's <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh we've got another question actually from tom and it's more i think a broader than what we've been talking about but maybe you've got some thoughts and ideas on this and it's, it's how do you keep the culture and the startup vibe and grow at the same time i don't know if your experience in, in larger organizations or dynamic organizations you've seen something like that happen
0: yes yeah, so that is a really funny question because I worked for Costa Coffee when it had like five stores and I grew it um, with with a team of 10 with the MD um, and we grew it to about 200, 300 at that point this is when Whitbread bought it. it was part of that and we used to work on that quite a lot and how do we keep this Costa vibe, um, this small family Italian business, it was crucial to the brand. And I did loads of work, that was early day, early careers that I was at Costa and it was, I, they invested loads in this and we did loads of work with business about brands and things. Um, this was before I went to Virgin. And so that I sort of feel like I experienced when we were growing it. It was so important to keep growing and growing and uh, but keeping this spirit of what it was all about. And there was a lot of training and there was a lot of cultural work that we did but it was heavily invested in. But Whitbread had this plan of where it was gonna get to with it and it was heavily invested in. And then you go to Virgin and they were hitting 25 years when I was there. And they were like, how, do, how does an old 25-year-old company celebrate being a young startup? Like, where does this go? And so we explored it again, and I worked on a project called The Brand Refresh, and it went back to the roots and it asked its employees and said, what is virgin to you? Um, and it was a really interesting piece of work because at that point, it takes its own thing. People have different versions of what they think it is. So there was loads of work on that. Um, but thinking about the two when i was at virgin a lot of people used to come and you know, ask me because they were at that point like there was a couple of brands came and did some work with me that were in that point in time because i worked for the ceo and he used to just say oh Eleanor, i'll t- chat to you <laughs> just meet all these of people <laughs> and talk to them about it and one of the things was just the value stuff and i know that we can talk about values and it can be like a poster on the wall it was really important that well what other stuff are you going to let go of and just say look it's time to put that away because we're not that anymore and just be really honest about it and what stuff you say but this is crucial to us moving on and how can we roll with it and the other piece was around people sometimes it's okay for people to leave at that point it's not for them anymore and that's fine um a lot of people i chatted to at that point in time were founders or they were people who were trying to work with the founder and there's such a lot of trickiness there that you had to have that you had to bring in a coach to kind of coach it through and say this is your role now and this is your space and and what you do here and you've got to let these people get on with it from a richard point of view he was never that person because he would always be like here's the concept you're the expert off you go i'm going to find the next thing to get on with so he was never that control thing but um yeah i think it's knowing what's actually crucial to grow and just being brave to let go of some of that stuff. Like at Costa, we had to brand things more heavily than ever before and invest in brand. And you saw like maybe three different versions of it. Whereas it wasn't, it was very localized. Like people could do anything. we had like a Mexican hat. If you look at old, the logo, it was like a hat. People had like their own crockery in the store. It was just, can't. it was just localized
2: mm.
0: had to let go of that and say that it can't be anymore. We've got to brand it, and you can imagine not—that's not for everyone. As a manager who's been running it their way will say, "I'm out. I don't. I don't want to be part of this." So yeah, there's—it depends on how far you're going to push this, I guess. But yeah, things that you're willing to keep hold on to, some things you're just going to have to say goodbye.
1: Ooh, there's a lot there for you, Tom. <laughs> um, but you know, it—it it sounds like it's very much around real strong clarity. About where where it is, well, what does it mean? But then there's this, this challenge of now you've got loads of people on board already. Either they're on, you know, finding out from them what they what they believe and what their values are, what they want, and at some point some of them might not align anymore, and what that mm. means in terms of some bold decisions.
0: Mm. Um, and it's fine. That's it's okay. And you know, another door is here to help them through that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: excellent segue uh because <laughs> we are now coming towards the end of, of our lovely conversation and so this is this is the shameless promotion piece <laughs> so uh laurence has already shared the book but if you want to tell them again uh where where to find you and and also you know if they want to connect with you more what's the best way to connect to you um
0: yeah I'm, i suppose i'm mostly on linkedin now um i'm so, i'm not that great at other social media i'm trying despite my social media program that i paid for years ago um i'm not great at it but yeah linkedin but i'm at another and um the book is why losing your job could be the best thing to ever happen to you
1: well remembered <laughs> yeah <laughs> i
0: don't exactly. know what
1: the acronym is now <laughs>
0: yeah yeah could be interesting the
1: best thing done cool so yeah if if you know of anyone who's going through that period or if you you know even just it feels like anyone who just doesn't feel right at work and and wants to be inspired by a different story then, then check out Eleanor's book um for us, uh, next week, we're going to be joined by Hire Camps, who has written uh, recently written a book called Pitch Perfect. So for anyone who has trouble or struggles with pitching their idea, whether it's because they want to pitch for investment or they just want to tell the story about their business, I think Lawrence and I are very familiar with, with really poor pitches um, because you're just not going to the point or uh, just essentially putting up too much information for people to understand what you're doing um hi is going to be a really great person to to listen to in terms of hearing his uh the things that he's learned from being a pitching coach and also he he is a bottomless font of knowledge um he i think he's got he he runs his own um pub quizzes or he has a basically an encyclopedia of pub quiz questions several thousands of them so you know maybe that could be part of the call Uh, (laughs) if you are a member a signed up member of the happy startup school we have an event next tuesday around um essentially embodied decision making so how can you create a much clear or a clear uh decision and and really tune into rather than thinking about what you're going to do how can you feel into the next thing you want to do and that's really important for anything anytime you're trying to make a complex decision there's too many variables stuck with analysis paralysis at some point you have to actually take a step forward and trust your gut and if you don't know how to do that then uh Anderton, amazing coach who's part of the community is going to be running a, a workshop on that so if you remember please check out mighty networks and sign up to that it's next tuesday afternoon uh, is there anything else Lawrence, that you wanted to to share with with the peeps who are listening I don't think so. Just thanks to Eleanor for the time. I know she's
2: like got a revolving door of podcasts and press and radio and TV. So, you know, we're lucky to have you. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. hmm. <laughs> no, no really we'll love to the conversation. Or um, meet in person at some point again soon.
1: Yes. I think yeah. that's one of the things that we're really looking forward to. Is, is trying to meet you all in the real world. That would mm. be amazing. Um so yeah, if you're if you're uh, if you didn't catch the beginning of this, um, the recording will be on Crowdcast as soon as it finishes. So give it a few minutes, and it'll be all up there for you to watch again. Uh, we'll also be publishing it onto the podcast, so another way uh, for you to to just hear some more of the wisdom from Eleanor and and more about her story. Um, alongside the that that episode, there's a whole. I think we have now nearly sixty episodes uh, on the podcast from different founders and and. People just trying to make changes in in their world uh, and being vulnerable about it. So lots of stories that are going to connect you to this journey of building a happy startup. And one of the ideas that I'd love to, to play with, thank you for the idea of play, and I don't know whether it works or not is an interesting thing, but I'm going to be interviewing more and more of our members to share their stories about what works and what doesn't work for them in terms of starting growing or leading a business um to give you uh, everyone else a bit of a window into to the kinds of people who who join us on our journey so with that um thank you very much Eleanor. thank, thank you. you um say hi to the sheep
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna just go and try and sell that frying pan to that bloke <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, Thanks, vegan. Lawrence. Uh, All right. Take care, guys. Catch you later. And thank yeah, you, everyone, thank for joining you. us. Thanks, uh,
2: everyone. Thanks for your comments. Next week. I'm buying the book.
1: <laughs> 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 thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?